You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to the Soda Pod, ladies and gentlemen. Isha Jerome here. And wow, the Wild keep on rolling. Smashville? More like Lastville? <laughs> it was hilarious, folks. I was blowing up the Hold the Mayo creator and host of the Rippin' Biscuits podcast, uh, the Nashville Predators podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, Devin Snow. Poor guy. I was harassing him all night. Instagram, Twitter... His fucking live feed on Facebook. I got time for one more. Oh, Jesus. Spread quarters, Minnesota. What's going on, Devin Snow? How about that Pred loss, baby? Oh, God, dude. Minnesota. Why did the call ID say Minnesota-ish? This is my Minnesota number. Ah, uh, you got a Minnesota number? What a loser. We got no, we, we got an open phone line too at the soda pod, man. Oh, God, it's awesome, man. Now that I have it, dude, it's fucking saved, dude. It's over with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, what a, what a disaster of a game uh, on your end, anyway. Ish, ish. I'm, I'm, I got a big smile on my face, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Ish, the Minnesota Wild fan that will not go away tonight. I love it, dude. Ish is the... <laughs> I'm be on your ass all night. <laughs> He's come at me at every avenue, every platform of social media. Facebook, uh, Twitter. Yeah. I'll get on Instagram a little later. He's, he's going to make a TikTok in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, Ish is the <laughs> Ish, Ish is the founder of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, I've been working with the Hockey Podcast Network for, God, I don't even know how long now. But, um, yeah, man. See, almost a full season. Almost a full season. Almost, man. I'm hanging. Sorry, Devin. Last shot. Last shot. And uh, I guess I'm sorry to everyone listening as the quality didn't turn out as well as I'd hoped there. But anyways, moving right along. Oh, what a day it's been. What a day it has been. Folks, I'm still... I'm recording this at uh, 12.59 a.m. on what is now Thursday. Um... The podcast usually comes out right about now. It's going to be a little bit late if you're an early bird out there on the East Coast. I'm still in my fucking work clothes. <laughs> I spray custom, well, I spray uh, custom millwork with lacquer coatings and polyurethane coatings. And I, you know, I wear a spray suit and take precautions and whatnot. But like, I'm still in my, <laughs> like the comp, my company sweater. I'm in my ripped and paint stained jeans. I got my wool sock. I should have. I should have taken off my socks. Actually, I'm gonna do that right now. Great radio. Um, but it may be late. This is probably really dumb. But uh, I, I, you know, the beer you heard crack there momentary or earlier, in the intro, is uh, a company lighthouse brewing lager. So shout out lighthouse brewing. I, I love the companies, and I've definitely said this on the podcast before. Piss warm 
disgusting. Cold, a beautiful lager. So shout out company lager. Great for shotgunning uh, whenever Jake Furtanen for the Vancouver Canucks scores. Hashtag shotgun Jake. And by the way, I know I'm going on a ton of tangents here. We will get to Minnesota Wild and the show rundown here. But if you folks uh, have heard and have explored further the shotgun Jake movement, go check out Tommy the Tractor Guy. He uh, he took it to another level, and he actually joined the Stick and Rink Boys uh, earlier this week on their podcast, the Stick and Rink Podcast, funny enough. And uh, he had a great interview with them, but his videos, I, I watched them all again last night. They're, they're hilarious. And maybe start from number one this season. Go to his media on Twitter and uh, just scroll down a bit and, and go from number one. I know I know. there's a lot now that Jake Vertan is at 18, but you'll, you'll want to keep going. I, I, I promise you that. Folks, check out our cool hockey and tankathon contest brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Go to tankathon.com slash NHL and run the draft lottery simulator. You can run it as many times as you want, but if you find the one that you like, the one that you think is going to be as close or exactly to how it ends up at the end of the season, the standings that is, the draft lottery standings, uh, screenshot the results, the top 15, and post the picture on the at hockey pod net contest thread. Uh, I tweeted out the info and it's pinned at the soda pod, but uh, over the next few weeks and leading up to, uh, I believe it's April 8th or 9th is the deadline. Uh, it's on the post there. We'll continue to, uh, to repost that and plug this away. Uh, big show plan, so let's get right into it. The show rundown. Uh, we got some wild news and notes. I'll run down the Caps game, the Preds game. I know we talked a lot about the Washington Capitals on the last episode, but we didn't talk about the game itself as I recorded with the boys of the Capture podcast earlier that day. So, yeah, obviously didn't get to run down the game. Um, I talked a little bit about it when I was recording the uh, the like bits and pieces of the podcast, uh, the chunk that didn't feature the boys on the Caps Chirps podcast, uh, the Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes, and the game had, was just wrapping up, so I, I was excited, I wanted to talk about it then, but there was so much wild news and notes to get into, um, so I said I'd bring it on this episode, and that's what we're going to do. We got some uh, NHL news featuring my buddy Jordy Cunningham, who hosts the Kings Den, covering all things LA Kings on the Hockey Podcast Network. And Jordy Cunningham, he does play-by-play for Junior B Hockey, coaches baseball, he does media relations with the local uh, AAA ball team here in Vancouver, British Columbia, just across the pond from me. Great hockey mind, and uh, I, I honestly, I just didn't want to talk about NHL news alone. And finally, we'll wrap up the show by going over the poll question. Now, I'm a little jittery, even though I'm absolutely exhausted. I'm drinking a company lager, and no, <laughs> I kept it clean. Mostly because I ran out, but uh, <laughs> got the company lager going. But earlier, I, uh, I took a dinner break at like 11.30 p.m., uh, went to the grocery store, picked up some eggs, basically just had some breakfast from dinner. And here on the West Coast, there's this like hippie drink that has some sort of substance in it that gives us a similar uh, similar effect that caffeine would. Um, but it's not caffeine. And it's called Herba Mate. Uh, my, uh, my coworker, Alex, at the cabinet shop, he, he doesn't drink coffee, and I'm a huge coffee drinker. Um, 
Alex drinks this stuff in the morning and he, he's a guy, he's always buzzing, but I swear, you know, I swear this urban mate stuff, I swear that, uh, that extra, that, that special ingredient, I swear it's speed. Cause like my hand's shaking right now, my heart's beating out of my chest. I'm ready to talk some wild hockey yet. My eyes <laughs> seem to be closing. So whether it's speed, whether it's just because it's 9.05 AM now, whatever the case it's time to get into some wild talk. So let's do just that and get into segment one, wild news and notes. <sighs> Cheers to you, Kevin Fiala, who became the third wild player to post multi-points in four consecutive games. He joins the likes of Marion Gabrick and Brian Rolston, who had equal runs. And Kevin Fiala, man, speaking of a run... He's tearing it up this latter half of the season. 51 points, 21 goals, and 61 games played. And he set a career high. His last career high was 48 points with the Nashville Predators in his second full season with the club where he put up 23 goals. So he's two goals shy, and I absolutely think he's going to surpass that. By how much? Well, that's the question. If he's, I mean, he's just oozing confidence right now and if he continues to play at this level especially if the wilder continue to fight for a playoff spot if that's still their motive i wouldn't be surprised if this guy put up as high as 12 12 more goals what is there 14 games left something like that hey it's it's wishful thinking but it's possible and man wow what a season that would be and i think he could follow it up i think he'll continue to play well next season. Now, that could bite me in the ass. Shane's probably clipping that right now, keeping it for Ar- for some Arsenal, but uh, but we'll see. So anyways, to start off the wild news and notes, I just wanted to give Kevin Fiala a little bit of love. Uh, let's dive into the Capitals game a little bit uh, deeper. So it's a 4-3 loss to the Washington Capitals, and look, I know the Wild, they've been on a run as of late. They're uh, just, they're just outside the playoffs as it stands right now, fighting again tooth and nail with the likes of Arizona, um, Calgary, the Canucks, uh, Edmonton, all for a playoff spot. Some for a wild card spot, some for a playoff spot. It's hilarious when you're only you know separated by one to three points. But the Minnesota Wild get a, a big challenge against the Washington Capitals, a cup contender in my mind. And what an outstanding performance by the Wild. A 4-3 loss, but one of the best games all season. Undoubtedly the first period. I mean, Judd Zolgad said the Cap said on Twitter the Capitals led 3-2 after one period. Wild outshot the Caps 15-11, and there's 57 seconds left in a wild power play going into the second period. Easily the best period of hockey at the XL Energy Center all season. And uh, Mr. Zolgad, I would have to agree. Uh, just some notes that I jotted down watching the game I wanted to get into. Obviously, the Wild at home and have played outstanding at home this season. In the opening frames of the period, I thought Jordan Greeno was playing good. I mean, driving the net, uh, good on the forecheck, good board work. I mean, didn't really set anything up off the bat, but I think he's been a little bit more consistent as of late. Is he meeting his ceiling? Uh, no, but perhaps when push comes to shove and, and someone has to be moved, at least he's elevating his stock if 
if he's the if he's one of the players that are in that conversation, which I think he might he probably has to be. And same with Ryan Donato, who's kind of doing the same just offensively. But anyways, Greenway had a few uh, shining moments in that early early frame of the period. And speaking of Donato, oh what a sick backhand move! And I know he he missed with the backhand but retains the puck and and ends up scoring and and I thought that was absolutely gorgeous and a great play to follow it up he actually had a wraparound attempt later in the period too which he's just playing with a lot of drive right now and he opened the scoring against the Washington Capitals uh Ovi scores one five one three surprise surprise I mean what are you gonna do right um how about that uh Brandon Dillon and Ryan Hartman fight though I mean that was that was fucking awesome and I, I went back to watch the fight, and of course, you have to dig a little deeper on YouTube these days because you can't just go on NHL.com and watch and watch the fight. I even, you know, I was telling a friend about this game, and they went and watched the NHL extended highlight package. Poor them. I believe it's like eight minutes long or some shit. They're sifting through looking for this fight, and I remembered, oh, shit. That's right. NHL.com. A little too soft to put fights in their video. But anyways... Uh, great fight as far as 2020 standards. Uh, the bigger Brandon Dillon against the smaller and former first-round draft pick Ryan Hartman, who's you know really, uh, I think, really accepted the role that he's in because he's seeing success with the Wild as a result. Uh, Ovi's second goal of the night was it had a pretty cool story uh, attached to it. Kuznetsov from Kovalchuk, the Russian line baby. Um, not it was a tic-tac-toe play and it was textbook Ovi just the fact that Kovalchuk was involved on it is just why I wanted to highlight this and then to of course the Russian center not Nicky Backstrom on this line uh, it was a 3-2 period Fiala had a beautiful shot off the one-timer there was a fight Ovechkin had two goals Donato had a sick breakaway I mean it was it, it was truly the best season or the the best season i'm tired folks and possibly on speed uh it was the best period all season Stalock throughout the game i thought played very well his aggressive style actually took away a ton of the caps shooting lanes and they have a ton of shooters on this team I mean, even Richard Ponick, for example, that guy can shoot the puck. And when you take away his shooting lanes, you really, well, you really debilitate his uh, his ability to succeed in this league. But all game, Staluck was consistent in his aggressive play, and I think it really caused the Caps a ton of trouble. So in the third period, it, it ends up being a 4-2 game, and the Washington Capitals Tom Wilson scores a goal and as the hockey troll highlighted on our, on the last episode of the Soda Pod Tom Wilson's game has come such a, a long way not only is he just a bruiser making space out there on the ice a fighter he has an incredible shot and though this wasn't a, a, a textbook wrist, wrist shot snipe it was still a good shot pass from OV and it slid by a Alex Stalock who's following the the pocket and and got the glove up this one just it looked like it went right under his his arm there i'm not watching it in front of me right now this i'm just rem i just remember staylock's movement so if it went over the glove then just don't torch me on twitter all right and then pre and then well the game got interesting after that right as the minnesota wild made it a one goal game 
um, where Parise scored in his office around the net again. But what I want to highlight about that goal is it was all Kevin Fiala. That assist on the Parise goal was amazing. I mean, he moves the puck past Tom Wilson, dekes him out, baby, to get it to Parise down the ice. And it was just a great move and a great effort by Fiala, who is labeled for the most part a finesse finesse player. And while using his finesse here, he was able to really set up a play and get past a monster of a man in Tom Wilson. So props to Fiala and... uh, Props to this Minnesota Wild team. They had a late rush, but no dice. They ran out of time. But the fact that they can stay with it and really, I don't know, play good hockey, match the Washington Capitals, that just shows that they could potentially be a playoff game. Now, they won 62% of the faceoffs. They outshot the Capitals 40-30. to The Capitals, as a result, had to block more shots, 15 to the Wild, 9 the Wild out hit the Capitals 15 to 8. Tom Wilson's on the fucking Capitals team and the and the Minnesota Wild out hit them. And giveaways were pretty pretty much the same at 7 and 6 apiece uh, for the Wild respectively. Moving on over to the Nashville Predators, the Wild I think still had some group momentum. I mean the boys knew that they almost had the Capitals. They almost had one point coming out of that game going against uh, Nashville. This is a must-win game. Nashville, they're trying to take your spot. They're right there in the standings. And I thought that the Minnesota Wild played a great game here as well. And uh, for the Minnesota Wild broadcast in Fox Sports North, uh, Lou Nanny, I think he's just a goddamn beauty. And he he was on the color uh, next to Andy LaPlante, but... He was on the color, and, you know, he's older. He's a little slow. He doesn't have all the pizzazz, but... I think he was sharp, and everything he added, I, 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 to the most part, enjoyed. So just wanted to give a shout-out to Lou, Lou Nanny. You're welcome on this show anytime, sir. Um, to start in this Preds game, uh, Cunnan uh, opened the scoring alone in the slot where he got the puck from Erickson Eck, who on the boards was battling to get him that puck, and he's so strong and so good with his stick on the boards. Um, Cunnan, uh, an initial shot was saved by uh, UC Saros, who was in... I believe it was UC Saros who started that game. Yeah, UC Saros through the whole game. I don't know why I questioned that. Anyways, I'm tired, folks. Probably high on speed. Uh, yeah, UC Saros blocked the, the first shot, and then off the rebound, Cunnan was able to put that one away. And, and it's really cool to see how, like... Though Cunnan was out of the lineup, the Minnesota Wild didn't skip a beat. But now that he's back in, I mean, you're, you're seeing... He, what he brings to this team and he's and he's helping push them even more so it's really cool that maybe in the beginning of the season having a Luke kind of in and out of the lineup maybe wouldn't have made a big difference in the grand scheme of things but now it, it's it seems to be at least pushing this team forward if not if not um if not being a super big hindrance in his absence Donato's obviously playing like I said with just a ton of of com- a ton more confidence than he obviously had in the beginning of the season, playing with more minutes, playing more minutes than he played in the beginning of the season. Clearly, the interim coach trusts him more than Bruce Boudreau. I mean, he was kind of the player who's in and out of the press box at times that we'd see, well, more times than not, or more t- not more times than not, but more times than we should have. We've seen Victor Rask. But one thing we're going to be talking about for a while here is... Fiala's goal 
One of the most beautiful goals of the season. Hold it. Hold. Hold. Dodge a body on the ice. Hold. Shoot. Outstanding shot. Brett Marshall said arguably goal of the year. It's in contention. It's nothing crazy. But the fact that he had that much patience in a, in a, in a league that's as fast as the National Hockey League, that's what really uh, impressed me there. The Minnesota Wild outshot the Preds in the first and the second period. In the third period, the Preds really decided to take it to the Minnesota Wild and matched them in play, but was definitely peppering Stalock uh, a lot more. And credit to Stalock, he had an outstanding game. Uh, the Preds played much, much better in the th- in well, just the the later portion of this hockey game. The puck move in the offensive zone from the Minnesota Wild was really good in my mind. Uh, I don't have their puck possession numbers in front of me, but strictly eye test and then going back and watching some of uh, the extended highlight packages and cl- and just portions of the game. Um, it was something that I just I just noticed, took a note here, wanted to share that. And then later in the, the period, the broadcast actually brought it up as well. So there you go. There you go. Worth mentioning, right? Um, also, a, a play by Greenway, I believe it was in the second period, so close to setting up a goal with a power move down the ice. It looked like he was going to go right to the net, but he ended up electing to, I don't know if he wanted to go around the net first, but anyways, he ended up uh, at the boards, and he, uh, I don't even remember who he was setting up, but the puck but the puck winds up just grazing the, the goal line. No goal on the play, uh, but a great effort by Jordan Greenway. Never ceases to amaze me either how uh, when, when a puck is just in and around the crease, how how um, how great Zach Parise is there. I mean, I said it was his office earlier. He just pounces like like he's fucking wild. He just pounces on any rebound or loose puck in and around the net there. Uh, in the third period, like I said, Nashville, and, and we'll close up the wild news and notes on this, Nashville had a much, much better period. They pushed all period, and especially late in game, um but they couldn't solve Staylock overall. And it's not like he was being as aggressive in this game as he was in the Washington Capitals game. I, I'm just going to be honest. This team's on a run. They're, they're playing with confidence and especially taking it to the Washington Capitals. I, I'll ask you this, though, wild listeners. Did you notice Matt Duchesne at all in this game? I mean, there was one play where he had a, a little nifty one-handed uh, back pass. And uh, the, the player behind him was following him in the slot. And I said, okay, like a good pass, a skilled pass, and you read the play well. But other than that, I, I noticed Kyle Turris more than I noticed Matt Duchesne. Um, Minnesota Wild end up actually trailing the Nashville Predators in shots overall, 33-38. to 38. Nashville, 61-39% to 39% in the faceoff dot. The Minnesota Wild, oh yeah, and I can't believe I didn't note this. Get your fucking power play together, Wild. If you go to the playoffs, you, ha- you have to take advantage of gifts because you're not going to get them often. Zero for seven on the power play for the Minnesota Wild. One for five for the Predators, who are the league's worst power play team. 23 hits by the Wild, 19 for the Predators. 23 block shots for the Predators and 17 for the Wild. And giveaways were about this, were, were a split again. Four for the Wild and five for the Predators. So there you go. That's our Wild news and notes. Before jumping into our next segment here, I forgot to remind everyone that we have a text and voicemail 
uh, number open to all Minnesota fans in and beyond the state of hockey. Listen, it's simple. If you call us, we're putting you on the podcast. It's a great way to interact with our fans, so don't be shy. 612-324-1684. Again, that's 612-324-1684. Last week, we had Drunk Greg's brother call in. I'm just as speechless as I as I was before. And uh, our open phone segment is brought to you by the open phone app. They give you a business phone in an app. They have great monthly rates at only 10 bucks a month. And invites to the web app are sent to you upon signing up. And I use the web app every time we run down that segment. So please go check them out. Open phone app. Uh, follow myself on Twitter at VI Sports Talk and of course the SodaPod at the SodaPod. Folks, the best thing you can do for the SodaPod and the Hockey Podcast Network and any of the shows involved is to go find their show, go find the network on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and rate and review the network and or the shows you like. Even if the review is ridiculous, five stars and any sort of review gets us to the top of the hockey sports charts. You can tell me that Company Logger sucks. You can tell me that Herbe Mate is actually laced with speed. It doesn't matter, folks. We just need those ratings and reviews, and it helps us so much, and we'll be so, so thankful if you do so. Um, reminder, we have a poll question every week brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network at the SodaPod, and write-ins are encouraged. We will get into uh, the midweek results towards the end of this program. And finally, the SodaPod is a product of the Hockey Podcast Network, and it is brought to you by our friends at Southern Scholars Men's Premium Socks. Use promo code THPN for a wicked deal at, again, Southern Scholar Men's Premium Socks. Let's get into segment two, The Week in Hockey, featuring Jordy Cunningham. All right, everybody, we're going to jump into our uh, NHL news and notes. I got to find a better name for that. The segment where we run down a bunch of news in the NHL. And, you know, I've been talking solo for a little while here. <sighs> I want to uh, bring on Jordy Cunningham, my friend from the Hawk Podcast Network, who, uh, who covers the LA Kings at the Kings Den podcast. Um, I brought him on to talk a little bit about the, uh, the NHL recent news and some of the stories that I kept telling you folks, like, I'll talk about it next week. I'll talk about it next week. Uh, Jordy and I were just shooting the shit, talking some junior B hockey because I just found out they he also does some broadcasting here on the West Coast. Uh, how's it going, Jordy? Thanks for joining me for this segment. Good. How are you? I'm, I'll try. I'll try to help you come up with a name for the segment. Yeah, I've been like because I have the wild news and notes. That's where I talk about Minnesota yeah. and then NHL. I've rolled some names, but like I, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing is uh, stuck. This week in hockey. This week in hockey, that that's good because that covers everything. Hell, you think yeah, not? It, it, I may, it doesn't I have to be that. just NHL that way. Well, exactly, and that that's what I was struggling with because a lot of my stories aren't necessarily NHL. Yeah, they're, so they're, this week in hockey. They man, done. Look at that. That's why. <laughs> that's why I brought this guy on, folks. Now I don't have a lot to get into this week. I was running down like some yeah. other NHL news stories, and like some of them, they can wait. Nothing's pressing. But one thing that I just haven't. I haven't talked about, and I know it's a, it's, a, it's a week old now, but you live in the Vancouver area much. Yeah. Well, you live in the Vancouver area. I live in Vancouver Island, but we're yeah. surrounded in this Vancouver Canucks bubble and a story that yeah. involved the Canucks, but that was really emotional. And just one of the, the bright lights in the NHL season was, was 
the Bobby Ryan story. Now, he disclosed his struggles with alcohol abuse to the media quite candidly um, and in good spirits, it seemed like. And Bobby Ryan always struck me as the positive type. I mean, you know about his uh, his trials and tribulations as a kid. He's disclosed that in a Players' Tribune album or uh, article where yeah. – and all the stuff going on with his his dad and him having yeah. to move all the time. So Bobby Ryan, with everything that's gone in his life, it seems so positive. And then coming off this recent hurdle, he, he seems just he seems the same. He's still got that twinkle in his eye. And coming back in his first game at home, where the Senators hosted the Vancouver Canucks, he got in a little bit of a tussle and he got three fucking goals, man. I mean, I it brought tears to my eyes, and I just wanted to show respect to, to Bobby Ryan. I mean, it's it's outstanding that he He's come back in the season, um, you know, going through everything that he went through and, and taking the, the measures to better himself and to come back. And I don't, I don't expect him to light the lamp every night or to go on a tear here, but for him to have that success at home with a crowd that people thought wouldn't show up because of a snowstorm. Um, and, and it was loud considering the, the, the amount of people who have been regularly coming into to Ottawa games. Our boy Shane Ryan from the podcast, yeah. Hockey Podcast Network, was there. And I don't know, man. I just wanted to highlight that here on the Soda Pod because it was emotional for me. I've always liked Bobby Ryan as a player, and uh, I'd love just to get your thoughts on it as well. Well, yeah, it was absolutely great story. I believe it was his 100th day of being of sobriety as well. Oh, even so better. Wow. Big mark of it. And yeah, and to do it like – just to do it at any time is insane. To do it against a team that's been very good this season, like the Canucks, just puts a cherry on top of it. But yeah, what a story that was. Like so many struggles he's gone through with alcohol and such. And to have the hat trick on his first game back at home, the fans cheering him on on the when he marked 100 days of sobriety, it was just one of the best stories of the NHL season for sure. Yeah, and again, just positive Bobby Ryan. And the fans were so loud in a rink that yeah. hasn't been loud. You know, they were louder for, for Bobby Ryan's success than, you know, single goals that have been scored, you know, by like Shabbat and some of these guys all season. Yeah, for sure. And like, yeah, every, every fan was into it. It was, they knew the story. They were, that's what hockey fans are, right? And like, it was just, it was, such, it was so Canada as well, right? But it was yeah, such, totally. just such a good story to see. Yeah, and I mean, something on the other side of uh, stories coming out of Ottawa, not necessarily a good story. Oh, yeah, actually. Former CEO uh, Jim Little came out with a statement today. He said he was actually fired as chief executive officer of the Ottawa Senators. He didn't step down, and he said it was because of a heated disagreement between him and, well, you fucking guessed it. Yeah, Team owner yeah. Melnick out Eugene. And in a statement released Wednesday afternoon, uh, Little said that him and Melnick got into an argument on Valentine's Day and that was, uh, that was ultimately the catalyst. So as I bring this up, Jordy, I mean, you, you're obviously, you know, uh, I saw your, your eyebrows perk up there. I mean, <laughs> what, what have you heard on this story and what, what has your reaction been to it? It was just, it was just, it's just classic senators front office. He's so right? Ottawa, like, right? Like there was so there's so much to unpack here. Like he comes out and says he didn't step down; he was fired. First of all, like if you read the statement, why did he say on Valentine's Day? Like just say a few weeks ago. Like I found that weird to be honest. That was just a little quirk that I was like, why is so specific? Just say a few weeks ago, and then like it was just a heated disagreement. So I saw a tweet. I forget who tweeted. It was like, oh, he got fired because he swore. It's like you're it's it's two men having a having an argument like there's going to be swearing. There's going to be such like it's it's just so ridiculous. So 
senators for something like this to happen billy fucking peters in an ahl franchise was thrown around the n-word and he wasn't getting fired this guy's a heated conversation drops you know a little f-bomb and he's out the door get out of here yeah there's so much more to it i know right like it's crazy yeah well it's It's eugene man whenever melnick's involved with something there's layers to it i mean he's botched the obviously the the the, the property project downtown which was perhaps going to be a well, a site. Well, he botched the agreement, anyways, and negotiations was, which was he's potentially going to be Ottawa a site. Senators. Yeah, which was potentially going to be a site for a new rink. Um, he's yeah. been a little nosy in regards to just how this team has been constructed. I do give props to the general manager. In, you know, the last two years, actually going into a rebuild and, and acquiring assets. I believe they have like twelve picks in the first three yeah. rounds. Like something. Yeah, crazy they have like a lot. That. But here, I got the statement up right now. And then you can respond to it accordingly. I I was looking forward to helping the team in the city and the Ottawa Senators. I wish the employees and the players and coaches well. They deserve our support. Um, The statement made today by the team contains some language that deserves some clarification. On Valentine's Day, the owner and I had personal disagreement over the approach that I had been pursuing. I'm a strong-willed person, and the disagreement included me using some very strong language with him over the phone, obviously him being Eugene Melnick, including swearing which he did not appreciate and for which I later apologized. It was these events, to my knowledge, which led to my dismissal. Any other inference from the statement is wrong. Heated stuff there. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting for sure. And it's like, you don't see this very often, but when you do, like, it's so juicy. And especially for it's happened in a Canadian market, it's just the level of it rises that much more. And it's just, it's uh, the some of the stories that happen in hockey are so insane. Like I always think of uh, Gallant just being thrown to the curb. Oh the yeah, Panthers. literally tossed. To the <laughs> literally curb. thrown to the curb by the Panthers. Like that's one that I'll never forget. This one will probably be one that people won't forget very soon because it's like it's just so ridiculous. It sucks that we have to even say as Canadians, and I know both yeah. of our respected podcasts are American <laughs> podcasts. Podcast, but yeah. as Canadians, it's like our nation's capitals team is the joke of the league. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And I think that's one of the only reasons why them moving hasn't been a legit conversation because that would just look so bad on the league that you're taking away Canada's nation's capitals team. And and in my opinion, move them to Quebec. They deserve to, I mean, the senators fans, it's not their fault. They don't have an arena in their city. Yeah. It's on the NHL and they either got to get an arena downtown or move that, move that shit to Quebec or, or Houston for all I care right now, but to stay relevant in the East Quebec. It's it's like, what was it? Three years ago, four years ago, you're in the Eastern conference fucking finals. And you were one goal away from the the Stanley cup finals against Sidney Crosby and the Penguins and half your stadiums fucking empty. Yeah. It's, figure it out that's that can't happen like i i get it you can't drive an hour out to canada especially in the snow i, I get it and it yeah. sucks yeah but that's on them that's on the owner this this clown eugene melnick you know yeah the, the more stories i hear from this i mean i want to paint him kind of like uh goodell you know i want yeah, shirts made true. with a clown on it rather than well they they got billboards saying get out so i don't know man until this ownership is changed. I still think it's just going to be a vicious circle with this Ottawa Senators. Maybe. Franchise. Well, you said move the team. How ridiculous would it be if they did that proposal that's go that went on with the 
uh, the Tampa Bay Rays in baseball, how they said, oh, the Rays should play half their games in Tampa and half their home games in Montreal. Imagine they Quebec they City in and Ottawa? Yeah. Oh, my like, God. That, that at least makes sense because they're close. It's not like in, in baseball when they talked about, oh, fucking Montreal and Tampa are going to split home games. Dude, Get that's so here. stupid. It's like, yeah. like just not take baseball out of it just a fan base you can't split a fan base. Yeah, it doesn't work yeah yeah because there's like, no home team anymore yeah yeah just and that's yeah. the other thing with quebec instead of like yeah geographically it'd work but like the quebecois and like well just quebec and ontario yeah, it just won't work it just won't work there's a rivalry yeah. there that i don't think even americans can understand well yeah quebec wants to be their own country sometimes so like it's Dude, all the time yeah, that's wild. <laughs> the freaking block in our election. I don't want to get into that. It's a yeah, hockey podcast. But, Anyways, uh, on our American the way, listeners, they, they don't give a shit. By the way, the Arizona Coyotes just made it one nothing over the Canucks. There's a, a little live update for you, even though it's a podcast. Hey, it's all all of it. <laughs> all of it is implications for uh, uh, for this Minnesota uh, Wild team. And this drops tomorrow anyway, so it all uh, works. Uh, I have a topic I want to bring up. Okay, what's up? And I was so busy last night that I'm so glad I didn't see the video of this. I actually didn't even hear about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my but God. I know where Johnny you're going Boychuk. Dude. Holy moly. I was so busy last night. I didn't see anything till this morning. I'm so, I haven't seen the video. I'm so glad I haven't seen the video. That They call hockey a game of inches for a reason. That's a game of millimeters. Dude. That. And 90 goddamn stitches, that is so many. That's insane. I can't even fathom that. Dude, it was a laceration that but I haven't seen the the aftermath. I haven't seen his face since I the haven't cut. either. But I there wasn't a lot of blood right away on the ice, which is a good sign right away. It was just eyelid, no eye, which is <sighs> wild. That is wild. 90 stitches. You see it, and it's a cut. Sh- like, his skate goes directly up the middle of his face. And you're just like, yeah. oh, my. Yeah. Like, he could have had a laceration that went from chin chin to the top of his forehead. It was yeah, that bad. Like he is so incredibly lucky. And I always I will never forget uh, being a kid and watching the Richard Zednick clip oh my when he God, got his dude. throat slit by a yeah. skate. Or that that junior goalie that. this year, man. Yeah. Obviously wasn't super yeah. graphic as you didn't see the skate, you know, contact the skin, but the pool of blood that he was laying in after. I mean, that that made that almost made me sick. Oh my God, I, I know. Yeah. I'm glad he's doing well. His name escapes me off the top of my head, and I'm sorry yeah. for those listening who know and are screaming at, screaming at their phones now or computers, yeah, but sure. uh, I do wish him all the best. I know he, he is having a, a solid recovery, but thanks for bringing that up, man. Yeah, and we're, totally right. yeah we're, we're very, I guess it's not just us that are very lucky, but like hockey players are just very lucky that those injuries don't hap- happen more often because I think about it, like it's so easy for that to happen. And it doesn't it, happen very often. It is. And you know what I fear, though, is that the faster the game goes, the yeah. harder it is you know, it, to prevent these type of injuries. It, yeah, for sure. But there, you can see that players are, like, even playing against each other are protecting themselves. Like, to get, they're, they're helping themselves protect each other as well. Like, did you see the clip from the, speaking of the Kings, the Kings and Golden Knights game on Sunday night between Lazard and Pacioretty? No, no, I didn't. So, so, th- so this is a great clip. So okay. a puck, a puck goes up in the air in the offensive zone, like kind of in the slot area, right? In one of the zones, I don't remember which. Pacioretty for the Knights and Blake Lazalt for the Kings both jump up to try to catch it with their hand. They absolutely, they absolutely body slam each other in the air, <laughs> and P- Pacioretty's momentum goes forward on Lazalt. So Pacioretty's falling onto Lazalt, and while falling, Pacioretty puts his head or his hand underneath. Lazat's head to protect him from hitting his head on the ice. Dude, that is some 2020 shit right there. Yeah. So, like, Can you imagine you, the 80s seeing that? He'd yeah, probably oh, like that, shove that his head to the ice. Yeah. 
Yeah, it would be like, go ahead and hit your head on ice. So you can see the the respect everyone has for each other around the league. And it's just, it's kind of, it's neat to see things like yeah. that happening that they're not policing themselves, but they're protecting each other when playing against each other. You said it there. They're not policing the game. They're, they're protecting each other. Um, one, one last point here, Jordy, before I let you go, yeah. I know you're invested in this hockey game and you've given yeah. me more than enough time here. And hell, I got, I got survivor starting in five minutes and uh, <laughs> okay. I got some, I got, I always got some tools in, or tools in the shed when it comes for to that. Sure. Some, iron in irons in the fire we like to we have like a fantasy league for our survivor and like to throw some bets around with some friends online okay. as well. it's a big fucking deal anyways um last piece of news here um and this is obviously a few weeks old now but well, i didn't i didn't have a time well, what's up <laughs> uh breaking news for another one of the hottest teams in the league this is actually 42 minutes old but james van reem sake of the flyers broke his hand tonight no yeah. Dude, that sucks for the Flyers. Because what? They're only a few points out of Washington yeah, in their division. Yeah, they're hot right now. They won again tonight. They're hot right now. Carter Hart, this is the test, baby. Yeah. When you have a big injury like that, this is the time to keep going. Yeah, that's tough. Sorry, that was a little breaking news. Man, I, I, just, I need to bring you just, on this segment more often. You're, <laughs> that, you're, it just came up on my phone I love while it. we were talking. So sorry about that, but there you all, go. All good. And this isn't necessarily news. This is, again, just you know us uh, yep. just giving some stick taps to Jay Bomeister. He's obviously yes. not returning for the, the rest of the season. Had some, some work done. He's had surgery. Um, his heart has been addressed. Um, obviously out for the season hasn't ruled out coming back. So he hasn't officially retired yet. Uh, he had his press conference and he was in the press box, I believe for the last home game. It may have been a couple back now folks. We just haven't had time to talk about it here on the soda pod, but yeah. what a, what a goddamn beauty. And Jordy, when I was uh, living in Calgary a few years ago, I watched, I was there when they traded a Gidla, when they traded Bo Meester and they were going into their rebuild the, though he wasn't there long, the amount of love that Jay Bomeister got in Calgary was, it was unbelievable, man. I actually thought he was there longer than he was. And I'm so happy that this, that something like this didn't happen last year and that he got his, that he got his ring because he deserves oh. it so much. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. He's been, he, he's one of those guys that he's just never, it just seems like he's never going to go away. Right. And he's just, yeah. he's just the nicest guy. He's one of these guys you, you think he's just, he reminds me of the Sedins. Like, yeah, no, that, that, as far as classy, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's just classy, quiet, goes about his business. He was one of these guys, like, growing up, I thought he was going to be a Florida Panther forever, right? Like, oh, yeah, I me too. I him changing teams. And then, and then he goes to Calgary, and now he gets a ring in St. Louis, which was awesome to see. So it's just a, a classy guy. Hopefully his career isn't over, but you just never know. But yeah. glad he's doing okay from that scary incident. Exactly. And I'm just glad that, like I said, this, something like this didn't happen last year and he could, and he had the chance to go on that long run and obviously yeah, win Lord sure. Stanley. All right, buddy, I'll, uh, I'll let you go there. I'll bring you on back again, again soon, buddy. And uh, th- thanks again, as always, where can everyone find you on social media and whatnot? Uh, thank you. Find the Kingston feed at the Kingston THPN. You can find me on Twitter at Cunningham Jordy, both on Twitter. At Cunningham Jordy, give him a follow. He's going to be with Hawaii. He's got some great content as always, folks. All right, thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks again, Jordy. Oh, man. Jordy and I, like, Wednesdays are, are busy for both of us. I mean, Jordy's busy with a ton of things. And we just got talking prior to recording, and we talked for 
I don't know, what was it, like 15 minutes here in this segment, we talked for like half an hour before, before and after, probably each, um, about junior hockey. He does broadcasting for Junior B. I, I work with a broadcast team for Junior B League here on Vancouver Island. And actually, the winner of both leagues, plus another league in the interior of BC, play tournament, the Cyclone Taylor Cup. And so we were talking a little bit about that, and oh man, Jordy's just such a goddamn beauty. But it's pretty funny, on, on my desktop and, and whole setup here in my office, I do have a laptop with a webcam, but my I don't have a webcam for my desktop yet, never really needed one. Um, so I was doing a Zoom call there with Jordy, and uh, he obviously had a webcam, He's, I assume using a laptop, and well, I could see him and he couldn't see me. Now, I've done this with some guests before, and usually within five minutes, the other guests turn off their webcam. Jordy didn't give a fuck. And you know what? I respect that. A little fucked up. Didn't phase him. N- not a little fucked up, but it's a little fucked Like, you're not a little fucked up. It's a little fucked up that it didn't phase you, Jordy. <laughs> but whatever. To each their own. Like I said, I can respect that. Um, <laughs> but he was looking back and forth at the Canucks game and myself, and I could read the tea leaves. Tea leaves. So that's why I wrapped up the uh, the the chat when I did. But I totally forgot to run down two of my last notes here, and um, maybe Jordy will actually come back next week when he realizes that I talked about these two topics without him. So I won't get into them in depth. But the NHL salary cap is said to go up and be between 84 and 88.2 million dollars next season. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly announced Wednesday at the NHL GM meetings that the salary cap again would be between 84 and 88 million dollars for the 2020-2021 season. Right now, this year teams are operating under a cap of 81.5 million dollars. And folks, if you're thinking right now, well, every year it's people say that the cap's going to go up. I feel like this is a, a common storyline every single year. And uh, and I thought the same thing. And, and I think you're sort of right. And some, I'm scrolling right now, but someone on Twitter actually highlighted, uh, had a good point and, and made a good point about this. And I wanted to share it with you all. Um, he's a fan of the Stick and Rink podcast back in the day. And he's uh, uh, still following me on Twitter today, Mr. Leaf Rollin, at Leaf Rollin. So I made a tongue-in-cheek comment on Twitter saying, well, was the cap not projected to go up the last two years? I'll believe it when I see it. And he said, well, it did. Also, by not using the full 5% in the last two years, it increases the likelihood that the NHLPA opts for that this year at minimum, not decreases. The growth of HRR hasn't slowed. It's been essentially linear uh, year after year. And that's that's kind of what, what I meant by by that tweet. I know it's gone up little uh, bits by bits. But this year may be a year we actually see it shoot up to $88.2 million, which obviously uh, the salary cap is calculated on a percentage of hockey-related league revenue. Uh, from the previous season and the new cap goes into effect um, July 1st free agency anyways uh, I got this news right away from at Sportsnet uh, from the Sportsnet staff but it's been circulating on TSN ESPN Fox all around since the news dropped Jordy really wanted to talk about that so buddy next week on Thursday you want to talk about some salary cap in the NHL by all means 
Let's do it up. I'll have a webcam by then. It won't be weird. Uh, finally, uh, I, this just pisses me off. And maybe it pisses me off because I'm a Canadian, but maybe it pisses you off too, Minnesota fans, because you're closer to them than I am. Out here on the West Coast anyways, but uh, a bunch of articles and... and um, like news thread titles were circulating on my social media, basically giving off the impression that Claude Julien had of the Montreal Canadiens, the coach of the Montreal Canadiens, had signed a contract extension. Now I was thinking to myself, like, doesn't he have term left on his contract? I looked him up. You know, he still has term left on his contract. The the fucking articles that are coming out right now, and I'm saying articles. There's a bunch are affirming that Claude Julien will return behind the bench for the Montreal Canadiens next season. I mean, what the fuck? Typical Canadian media. Like, what is this shit? Of course he's coming back next season, barring he doesn't get fired. The headlines made it seem like they were extending him. Fucking clickbait, I tell you. Anything can happen, and uh, I think that that's also misleading. I know Bart Burt... I mean, nothing's guaranteed, and for Mark Bergevin to say October, December, November, he will be with this team. I mean, Bergevin, with all due respect, anything can happen. If this team just nosedives at the beginning couple months next season, I believe it could be over for Claude Julien. It's not like he's... And again, I don't watch the Montreal Canadiens too much, but from what I've heard and from what I've read... It's not like he's an anchor for this team, but he's not lighting a fire up anyone's ass by any means. Anyways, maybe if Jordy joins me again next uh, next week, we can talk about this. And hell, maybe I, maybe I just bring on Mason Dixon's of the Habs Nightly podcast because he'll have a little bit more insight on this as well. Or even Dr. Matthew Arp, host of the Ice Analytics podcast, uh, who actually talks about the the game of hockey through a numbers lens and has great guests on every week you can catch a new episode of the ice analytics podcast every friday on the hockey podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts from do him a favor rate and review the ice analytics podcast okay uh let's roll into our final segment of the show segment three the poll question and uh check out how it's going here on twitter at the soda pod Network. We asked you, did the NHL general managers get it right voting in favor of not changing rules around emergency backup goalies? A simple yes or no. Uh, right now, yes is running away with it, 75%. Um, I got a comment from Shane, Shane Van Nice at Van Nice. Shane, go give him a follow, folks. He says, we wouldn't get these awesome stories if they did. Also, I think Susie and Pedersen are the same guy. Haha, ha, JK. <sighs> That's my response. Uh, go ahead and vote. Again, at the Soda Pod on Twitter. Um, there's still 
four more days left to vote on the poll question. We'll run down the results on the Monday episode. Well, shit. That segment went by quick. Let me, uh, let me finish off this logger here. Let's get into a quick Kaprizov report, shall we? Might as well. Fuck it. Final season stats of the rookie phenom. Well, he's not rookie, but the young phenom, soon-to-be rookie phenom for the Minnesota Wild. Let's go. Let's quickly run down his season stats and his current playoff stats. And you know, say his team gets knocked out, knocked down early in the playoffs, and they're out of it. We'll continue the Kaprizov report. We'll find out. Uh, some underlying numbers, some underlining stories, and we'll get um, we'll, we'll get some insiders out in Europe to join us on the show to really uh, to really tell us more about this kid. But Kirill Kaprizov just continued to develop in the KHL. Seriously, from his first season of eight points, 27, 42, 40, 51, and a whopping 62 points this season, an 11 point development. He scored three more goals than he scored last year in the same amount of games played. Um, you know, plus minus, take it with a grain of salt. But when you're up 32, it's pretty damn good. Uh, in the playoffs right now, in two games played, he has three points, one goal, and two assists. He had 14 points in 19 playoff games last season with, uh, with four assists. And now the team that... Uh, CSK Moscow, uh, Kirill Kaprizov's team is playing right now. I'm going to absolutely butcher the name. Nizhny Novgorod Torpedo. And Torpedo's pretty easy and pretty badass. Um, there's a little Minnesota connection with this team. Guess who the leading point scorer for Torpedo is and where he's from? Jordan Schrader from Lakeville, Minnesota, a former first-round draft pick by the Vancouver Canucks. So I'm very familiar with this player. Um, played mostly in the AHL, but did get uh, well, did get a cup of coffee with the Vancouver Canucks. He played a few seasons with the Minnesota Wild, and one stint with the Blue Jackets before putting up numbers in the AHL. He was, you know one of those tweeners and at the time where if you're a small player you have to bring so much more Jordan Schrader just didn't have that uh coming out of the University of Minnesota he did put up good numbers but it seemed like in the minors and in college and in the KHL which this is his first season in the KHL the 29 year old 19 goals and 41 points and compared to CSK Moscow Torpedo is not the same team. Not the same team at all. They're a relatively younger team, and they're doing it by committee. 41 points is the leading goal score compared to, you know, Kirill Kaprizov's 62. A few Canadians on this team, though. Quinton Howden from uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. We got Ty Ratty from Calgary. Who else is on this team? Drew Shore from Denver. Uh, we got Brantford, Ontario, yeah, and of course Lakeville, Minnesota. Anyways, there you go, folks. An extended Caprizov report. We'll keep some more. We'll keep tabs on him as we have all season, and we'll dive into some more stories 
and underlining numbers and, and analytics. Well, and his analytics, rather. Analytics on this player, folks. I have to go to bed. I have to go to bed. <laughs> Thank you to everyone tuning in on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Folks, the best thing you can do for us this week, besides donating on Patreon, is to give us five stars on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Go listen through our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com, and please, on your app, on your phone, tablet, or computer, download the episode before you listen as it helps our business. I mentioned Patreon there, patreon.com slash thehockeypodcastnetwork. If you want to donate to us, you will get extra content. That's the deal. $1 a month gets you access to all the extra content and all the new extra content that's coming. Consider moving up a tier as all the donations are split amongst the hosts. It's to reward them just for doing that little bit of extra and for staying committed and doing uh, all the work that they do for the Hockey Podcast Network. As we close out here, don't forget to follow myself at VI Sports Talk. You can follow the SodaPod at the SodaPod and, of course, the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Same handle at HockeyPodNet. The Hockey Podcast Network. Devin Snow was talking about it. Familiarize yourself with that name if you're a new listener. And signing off, I'm Isha Jeromey. This has been the SodaPod, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm sending all my love, thoughts, prayers, everything to the folks who are suffering, hurting, and rebuilding in Nashville right now. I know I poked fun at the hockey team earlier, but I want to get serious as we close out here. Uh, Warm thoughts to that entire uh, community out there. And for everyone in Minnesota, let's keep this win streak going. And let's stay fucking wild.